Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Last Tarot Talk and Astro Updates episode, we discussed the aspects regarding the big banks and how the planetary aspects like expansive Jupiter and the North and South Node in Taurus and Scorpio point to issues in our financial system. Great. Yes. Well, (laughs) I came across a really cool article by Time.com when I was researching these astrology you know, characteristics of Jupiter. Mm -hmm. Did you know that NASA is legally required to go to the planet Jupiter? What? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all these like legal things somehow, like legal home hauntings. They're legally required, like Jupiter is going to sue them if they don't (laughs) go to their planet. Apparently it's a thing. While many think the planet itself is uninhabitable and downright lethal to robotic probings, NASA has already had aircraft fly near the planet over five times. Jupiter's our largest planet in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. It is uninhabitable, but they found that one of its small moons, Europa, has the biggest potential for finding life. Scientists who argue that finding life on Europa is a strong one say there appears to be large areas of a thin shell of ice. Hmm. They are confident that the surrounding heat from the other moons might mean that underneath the ice is liquid water. Okay. Spacecrafts that have flown near the planet have found the crust showing fractures, which then appear frozen back over. And this feature might mean that there's a very deep ocean of water, perhaps 90 miles deep underneath. As a comparison, Earth's deepest ocean level of water is around seven miles deep, located in what is referred to as the Mariana Trench. We should do an episode on that because it is so creepy. Really? Yeah. The Mariana Trench. Where's it at? I have no idea, but it's really scary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think oceans are very scary. Yeah. I think, well, there's so much stuff we don't really know about in the ocean that lives in the ocean that we don't probably never seen the light of the sun. (laughs) It just swims around in the dark all the time. I do know the Mariana Trench is in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I assumed. Yeah. Okay. Good. (laughs) But I I mean, I I think the ocean's creepy. The ocean's very creepy. Though there's some really wonderful animals that live in the ocean like dolphins and sea turtles and tropical fish that's true mermaids so yeah mermaid we gotta do mermaids we've not done mermaids yeah and the kraken oh the kraken (laughs) well the photographs also show rust colored stains on the surface which indicate on europa a high level of salt and minerals scientists think that lends very well to the possible existence of life however It is doubtful we'll be ever able to live on Europa as there is high levels of radiation and very cold temperatures. Mm. So it's weird that they are making it mandatory that we have to do these expeditions. Well, is it because they think that one day we will not be able to live on Earth anymore? Well, I guess. But it's also like, who wants to live there when it has high levels of radiation? I thought we were going to Mars. I, apparently we're going to Mars too, but that's not legal to go to Mars. 
Oh God, our justice system. Okay, so no Mars then. Well, no, they're they're not <laughs> saying that we legally have to go to Mars, but we legally have to go to Europa and Pluto. Like we have to not Pluto. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we further out all the time. We have to make these expeditions to Europa and Jupiter to so, check things out. I guess so. Okay, it's weird though. This law was in effect. December of 2015. So Congress said that, you know, money's been set aside mm. for a Europa orbiter to set launch no later than 2022 and a lander no later than 2024. So I haven't heard if they've gone yet. Okay. But I'll be paying attention. Today, the Europa orbiter and lander is the only mission it is illegal for NASA not to fly. Weird. I didn't know there were any kind of law to, you have to do this. You have to. You'll I didn't be arrested. either. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It is bizarre. According to mythology, Europa was a beautiful maiden whom Zeus fell in love with. Mm. Zeus transformed himself into a beautiful cow or bull and Europa climbed on its back mm. as he swam across the sea to Crete. I bet she did. She became the first queen of Crete and the continent of Europe was named after her. In astrology, Europa represents youth, liveliness, enthusiasm, and the things we are attracted to. However, Europa can also have a negative influence, distracting us from important matters with trivial or harmful things. So Europa is really the party planet, is what you're saying. Nopa? I'm not. <laughs> yes, it is. Europa, you are. Europa, Nopa. <laughs> According to Linda Goodman, a professional astrologer, Europa in the birth chart shows where we easily fall for seduction, beauty, glitter, and glamour. Mm -hmm. It's where we are most likely to be lazy or unmotivated and expect people or outside help to intervene. Mm, okay. The house, the zodiac house it falls in will be where we cannot bear conflict and where we seek a compromise if we can. Sometimes people will tend to be in a state of delusion where they view everything in rose-tinted glasses. Mm. She represents the style of artistic expression which comes naturally to us. So what area that we're most likely to express artistic um, talent is where she is in our chart. Okay. And most astrologists, if they talk at all about Europa, consider it as an asteroid. But, you know, maybe there's like an asteroid and a moon of Jupiter named Europa. I don't know. But I think it's more likely just confusion. Do you remember when Ceres, the asteroid, was uplifted to planetary status and then Pluto was demoted to an asteroid? That I whole remember thing. Pluto being demoted, but I don't remember the asteroid being upgraded. Yeah, and then they reversed that, I think, and then Pluto became a planet again. Poor it regained Pluto. its status. Yeah, it keeps getting yeah. like demoted yeah, and promoted nice. kind yeah. of like my career history <laughs> um anyway anyway it's back to the whole thing the myth of europa expanded and some say when she died zeus transformed her into a star complex and zeus reverted himself back into the shape of a bull to become part of the star complex the taurus constellation is believed to be the form of zeus oh really mm -hmm. as the bull Mm -hmm. oh. I always think of the month of May, which we are, I think this will be airing kind of end of April, close to May. Yeah. I always think of the month of May as bringing in a focus on romance and love. Actually, end of April, you know, spring, 
Yeah. Sowing the wild bees. Oh, yes. So Jupiter, along with Venus, ushers in these aspects of romance, love, and fun. Mm, The party planet. So who this month, Holly, is going to be lucky in love? There are five signs. Mm, Okay. Taurus. Taurus. That would be you. Yay, me. Cancer. Okay. Libra. Okay. And Aquarius. Okay. What about you? No, sorry. No, no. <laughs> no lucky in love with you. Wait, does that just mean I'm status be unlucky? quo? No, just status quo. Oh, status quo. Okay. There's some that are going to be unlucky, but I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Taurus, which Venus, the planet of love, those Taurians in a relationship may tie the knot by the end of the year. Oh. Cancer, your lucky love aspect will be bringing in more fun and romance. Perhaps travel will also enhance your partnership magnetism. Mm-mm. And Libra, you will be lucky in finding a good partner to bring balance with your anxiety right now that you're feeling. Mm. So that'll mm. help. Okay. And finally, Aquarius, you have the best aspects of everyone for total transformation in your love life, ultimately for the better. And online love and dating is highlighted. Oh, okay. Good to know. We know you've had good luck there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I had really good luck there. <laughs> now, the rest of you all, I suggest buying an ice cream subscription and have some self-love. Oh. Yeah. Give yourself a big hug and a Give yourself a big hug. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Your time is coming. Hmm. Jupiter, the planet of fortune, has definitely helped our Earth. Thanks to Jupiter's enormous size and heavy gravitational pull, all those thousands of asteroids are prevented from crashing into our planet. Oh, good. So they're all like, you know, helping Earth. Jupiter is protecting us from the asteroids. Well, that's nice of you, Jupiter. Thank you. Yes. And typically, astrologists, they just focus on four of the main asteroids since Mm -hmm. there are so many. There's like thousands. Mm -hmm. They focus on Ceres, Pallas, Juno, and Vesta. Okay. And these happen to be the first four uh, that were discovered by astronomers in the early 1800s. Okay. Since 1992, though, scientists have confirmed over 4,000 exoplanets and over 3,000 star systems. Yikes. My God, that's a lot. Yeah. Ceres is often compared to the moon because of its roundness. The placement of Ceres in a birth chart will influence what a person needs to feel loved and cared for and sometimes represents qualities of their mother. So the love languages are in that Mm -hmm. one? Okay. Pallas. Mm-hmm. also known as Pallas Athena, can point to wisdom, intelligence, and efforts. Efforts made, you know, regarding that where it is placed. Mm-hmm. The asteroid is thought to influence the sign of Virgo. Juno is the Roman goddess oh. and is also Hera in Greek mythology. Okay. I think I'm more familiar with Hera than Juno. Yeah. Juno is the goddess of marriages, unions, and was also associated with finance. Okay. She protected cows and peacocks. Oh. <laughs> Those are random choices of animals to protect. Yeah. Juno was also very jealous of other women and often killed them hmm. or the children when she found out about Zeus's infidelity. So no. Juno doesn't mess around. No, it doesn't sound like she does. Yes. For these reasons, Juno is used in astrology as an indicator of security in money, love, and loyalty in all relationships. Juno also is said to influence the sign of Taurus. So that's something that's to look into. Good security because mm-hmm. Taurus is typically a money associated sign. with security mm-hmm. and yeah, groundedness. Vesta 
is the virgin goddess, the mm-hmm. Roman version of Hestia. Vesta was held in such high esteem, every city and home in Rome had a fire made to worship Vesta. The fire was never allowed to go out and usually had guards to protect it. Vesta influences the sign of Virgo and sometimes Scorpio. Astrologers say Vesta can show where we are vulnerable in our devotion and sexuality. But back to Europa. In our birth chart, Europa also shows us where things come easily. She represents the style of artistic expression and how best to use your creative talents. I think, too, that asteroids can bring more feminine energy to readings because the only feminine energy featured in basic astrology is with the moon and Venus. Uh Everyone has all asteroids featured in their birth chart. However, many astrologists feel that we must not give asteroids or exoplanets too much emphasis in a natal chart. Asteroids are just for fun. (laughs) I like that for seeing symbolism and for noticing synchronistic things. Some astrologists also think they really should only be considered if the asteroid is conjunct the sun, moon, chart ruler, your rising sign or mid heaven degree. And uh, I'm not going to go explain what all that means, Um, but I've attached a link in the credits for a step-by-step instruction on how to find the main asteroids and exoplanets in your birth chart. Oh, that's cool. Yes, of course, these are very minor influences, but it's kind of interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, will the will the link interpret that for you, or do you have to figure that out for yourself? Well, that's a good question, Holly. I never went there to find <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but astrologers, I mean, I kind of given you what it means Mm -hmm. when it is in your chart and the placement, because I told you what asteroid influences what sign. Yes. And so some of those qualities you can, you can look at your chart, find out where it is and kind of extrapolate from there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So astrologers believe looking into these asteroids regarding our natal charts can also add additional information and potentials are conflicts where there is confusion. So if you need additional things to look at when you're confused, it can help bring clarity to that. It's also important to reflect on any myth that's associated with these asteroids and what that might represent in your life and the world's themes. Many astrologers apply Europa influence to the country of Europe for obvious reasons. Okay. The name itself originated from the Greek myth. And Taurus is also associated with Zeus, like we said, who becomes a bull to seduce Europa. And that's why Taurus is sometimes labeled as lazy and having other seductive qualities associated with the myth. Laziness is not a seductive quality, though. (laughs) It is thought that men who have Europa in their first house of Taurus Mm -hmm. or fifth house, which typically rules fun and romance, are playboys. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting article by astrologer Chris Journey at journeywomanastro.com about the asteroids and Europa influence on people's charts. She goes in depth analyzing George Clooney and Amal's relationship. Okay. So it's kind of fun to read about that. Yeah. Um, with time, we will learn more about the physical and spiritual properties of exoplanets to understand how they affect their star astrologically. Asteroids and moons are still being discovered, but they will likely become a significant part of astrology in the decades and centuries to come. So that is it for astrology updates. Excellent. Um, 
I know that you all are probably wondering what the influence is for May for each of the sign. And I thought we'd do something fun mm -hmm. by pulling a tarot card for each I think that's a great sign idea. Sign of the Zodiac. Yeah. Well, do you want to do six uh, months and I'll do six or six signs and yeah. I'll do six signs? I'll do the first six. Okay. Oh, no. I'll do um, starting with Taurus. Okay. Um, or do you want to do, because I pulled up the order, do you want to do Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo? Yeah. And then I'll do Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Let's go. Okay. We'll be right back. Tell us what your deck you're using today, Carol. Yes, I am using the Cosma Visions Guide, Journey Through the Space Between Lives, written by James R. Eads. There's some new cards in here and some different uh, names for traditional cards, like in the Major Arcana. Um, but it's beautiful. The artwork is just gorgeous. It is really beautiful. Yeah, I like that artist. So let me begin with Aries. Aries, I drew for the month of May the Ace of Lotuses, which is the Ace of Cups or Chalices. Oh, nice. Believe that you will find renewal in your, all relationships. You might even be attracting new love into your life. Nice. And I think that's pretty cool for May. Yeah. Taurus, I drew for you the Ace of Embers, which is, you know, the fire card for wands. Oh, okay. You are going to be inspired in May. You're going to really feel excited about the direction your life is taking. I think you're going to be really enthused and feeling passionate about your calling. You might even find some creative project to start. It's going to be great. Cool. The Cosmic Tree for Gemini. Okay. Hello, Gemini. I pulled the Cosmic Tree, which is in the Major Arcana equal to the hermit card. So that tells me this month you might be wanting to spend some time alone. No more saying yes to those parties and socializing. You really would like to meditate, perhaps get in touch with really where you're wanting to go for this next year. And that's a good thing. By pulling this card, though, it does show me you are on the right path. You just need perhaps to look at it from a different perspective. Perhaps there's something you're not seeing or you're needing to communicate about where you want to be going and what you want to be doing. And that just requires you to get in touch with yourself. And that is really going inward rather than outward to other people for that information. So now we're on to Cancer. Hello, Cancer. I drew the five of lotuses for you, which is equal to the five of cups. And this is a hard card. It is a card of loss. So perhaps you've just lost somebody or maybe you're feeling like you've had a lot of loss in your life in different areas, but this is just a temporary thing. And by experiencing this, you're basically moving into a new area of allowing a fresh start and you're able to assimilate some things from your past psychologically and move forward. But grieving is really important right now. You need to allow yourself to accept loss as part of life and the cycle of renewal because it will come a day where you'll be feeling much better. Yes. Four of embers. This is Leo and that is equal to the four of wands. Looks like you're going to get ready for a big celebration in May. Party, party, party. party. 
Maybe it's your family coming into town or maybe it's just friends, <laughs> but you have reason to celebrate and you're going to make sure you do take the time to do that in May. I sometimes get this card when there's weddings or other fun things to go to. Whatever you're doing, you're going to be a lot more social. And May is a big time for weddings. It is. So have a good time, uh, Leo. Now, my last sign that I'm reading for is Virgo. 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 And I drew the Elementalist, which in this deck translates to the King of Swords. Oh. So this month in May requires very important communication. You're either going to be giving, getting that from somebody mm -hmm. uh, in your life that is going to be giving you very important news. And it's going to require you to take action very fast on that news. You could be the one also giving that information. Whatever it is, it's going to radically transform your life. So be sure this card's advice is to be very clear in communicating. Uh, we don't want any misunderstandings. Congratulations, Virgo. Should be an interesting May. <laughs> yeah. What do you have for us? Well, those Holly? were very good, Carol. Thank you for your interpretations. I'm oh, reading from you. the Game of Thrones Tarot yeah. by Liz Dean. And Spicy. Yes. Uh, the first one I'm reading for is Libra. Libra, for you, I pulled the Page of Cups. Now, to me, the Page of Cups means that it is time for you to parent your inner child and really pay attention to how you're feeling about things and to help that inner child to heal something um, or not throw a temper tantrum or just that inner child energy needs to be addressed. Or that could also mean that you uh, should be paying more attention to your actual children and being a better parent or being more in tune to your children's feelings. As we know, the cups is a card of emotion and relationships, but it's also very much a card of creativity. So maybe creative expression could also be explored in the month of May for you, uh, Libra. But really it is about um, childish emotions and children in general. Um, or creative inklings that you might have that you're starting to nurture along the way. And all of that is great. Um, for the next sign, it is Scorpio. Scorpio, I pulled for you the Ten of Swords. Oh. And the Ten of Swords typically is kind of a positive card because it's the end of a very difficult situation. Yeah. So you're coming to the end of something that's been stressful, um, whether it's been um, something that's anxiety producing or if you've been fighting with someone the end of all of that is is nigh. It's right now. And all of that conflict is going to come to an end or that anxiety will start to dissipate. Whatever it is that's been building on your head or in your mind and stressing you out is finally coming to a close and you can start to heal and retreat and relax and get yourself back to a more positive place. But the Ten of Swords tends to be a card of high stress, finally coming to an end or you're in a situation where it will never get any worse than it is right now. Yeah. So you're at the bottom of the barrel and you're getting ready to come back out. So hopefully that's not too bad for you, Scorpio, but um, that's what I have pulled for you for May. The next card is Sagittarius. Hello, yeah. my fellow Sagittarius. Um, for us, I pulled the Queen of Spears. And so for this deck, Spears actually is the Queen of Wands. 
And that would basically mean uh, for the Queen of Wands, it's kind of our main female card because she is a fire sign. And this means she is um, a woman who is very capable of taking care of everything she needs to do. She's got a fiery personality, very dynamic, very outgoing. She can bring home the bacon fried up in a pan, if you know what I mean. And never forget her man. Um, she is... Um, somebody who can take care of things and get things done and she's there's also a lot of creativity and passion and spirituality in this card so to me this means that we should be taking care of our responsibilities but also exploring our creative and spiritual interests and anything that fills us with passion ah amen so there you go now the next sign would be capricorn and capricorn for you i pulled the page of spears which would be the page of wands um, for me, the Page of Spears is about adventure, maybe mm. travel, uh, oh, yeah. perhaps um, going into um, something that's really going to broaden your horizons. A lot of times with the pages, again, it can relate to children, but it could be um, entertaining that childish notion within you to explore, to get up and to the stage like dramatic arts or performing Whoa. because the pages of, of, of wands like to be in the spotlight mm -hmm. um there's a lot of drama kind of associated with this card so be wary <laughs> of that <laughs> yes yes you like the center of attention um but really to me and mostly because i'm looking at the imagery it does look like traveling to exotic new lands um but really paying attention to your inner creativity and passion or maybe you're starting on a new uh, spiritual journey. So those are all things to consider for you, um, Capricorn. Next, we have Aquarius. And Aquarius, for you, I pulled the Ace of Spears, which again would be the Ace of Wands. Carol, I think you pulled this for one of your signs too. Mm -hmm. And basically what that is, is an upsurge of great creativity, passion, spirituality, almost like a quest that you feel is bubbling up very strongly inside of you. There's some kind of unrest that you need to explore, whether you're tired of your job and you want to change careers, uh, whether you want to get involved with something uh, more spiritual that you're really being pulled towards. Perhaps you want a new adventure in your life and you want to travel more. Um, there's a lot of things that this card can mean. Um, maybe there's a creative hobby or endeavor you want to pursue. Now is the time to do that, Aquarius, because this Ace of Spears is telling you that that is a big thing that's coming up for you mm -hmm. in the month of May. Finally, for you Pisces, um, I pulled the Priestess card, or aka the High Priestess in most tarot decks. And that doesn't surprise me because Pisces, you tend to be very in tune emotionally to yourself and to others and the high priestess is also she's very intuitive she makes sure to remind you to listen to your intuition and your inner wisdom get in touch with your inner feminine and mm -hmm. your subconscious and really kind of allow your psychic senses to speak to you and i think a lot of pisces have that natural ability because they are a water sign which means they tend to be more on the emotional, sensitive side. So they pick up things much easier in that realm than other signs do. And so she's really just re-emphasizing to you um, to really pay attention to your intuition um, and taking information from all your senses, 
Uh, Pay attention to your dreams. Your inner life is important now and you may be drawn to study and seeking a mentor. So anything that can help guide you down this this, uh, path that you're on, perhaps you might be protecting a secret or something that you don't want to come to light or you're holding a secret for somebody else. But really, it's all about being very attuned intuitively to yourself and listening to your intuition to help it guide you down the path that is before you for the month of May. So there you go. Those are some tarot readings for you guys for the month of May. That was a lot of fun to do. Carol, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. And what do you have for us today for tarot? Well, so basically, I was just going to talk a little bit more. I don't have terribly much to get into. But I know a lot of people have asked me, how do the tarot cards work? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's just psychological. You know, you could be talking very broadly and then my brain will figure out a way to match it to what's going on in my life. And that is one theory about how the tarot works is that it's just a psychological reflection and it could be so broad and vague that it could fit anybody's life, really. Now, Mm -hmm. that is one possibility, but I think both you and I know that's not necessarily true because tarot can be actually quite specific. Um, And so when you're... You know, I think most tarot readers who do this for either a living or as a hobby or whatever it is, um, tend to know after you've done enough readings, there's a little more going on to it than just that. Yeah, we tend to get the same cards over and over again for certain situations. Absolutely. So what I believe is really going on is that while you're shuffling the cards and you're talking to the person who wants the reading, you'll say to them, okay what's your question? And then the cards attune to the energy of that person and their question. And when we lay them out, basically we're looking at where they've been, Mm -hmm. where they are now and where they're headed in relationship to that question. So it basically gives us an idea of what the trajectory is of where this person is headed based off where they've been and what they're building up towards. Yeah. Would you say that's correct? I love that explanation. And I think a lot of times people have problems with the tarot because they think that means then that there's like everything's destined and you don't have free will over anything. Which is not true. No, not at all. So the tarot will show you where you are in that moment of time based off of where you want to get to in terms of your question. Um, what the likelihood may be or may not be. And then you can always follow it up with, well, how do I ensure I made that goal? Or how do I make sure that this does whatever? And then you can ask that question on top of it. Um, but yes, there's, there's, you have free will. There's nothing ever really set in stone. Um, you're always able to change whatever fate or outcome the cards might be telling you is coming. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, um, I want to talk a little bit about how you ask questions to the tarot because the tarot in my my experience has always been more of an essay answer than a yes or no multiple yeah. choice. <laughs> I mean, you could do multiple choice with it, but it's more it's better with essays because it's more of a long winded explanation usually mm-hmm. than just a simple yes or no. A lot of people times people will be like, you know, when will I get married? Well, we it really depends on you. The better question might be, what would I need to do to bring someone into my life that I'd want to marry? Mm -hmm. Or perhaps what work do I need to do on myself to bring in the partner that would be a good match for a marriage? Yeah. That type of thing is a better tarot question. 
Um, because it really, I think the tarot has a great way of putting the onus back on the person asking the question, like, well, this is up to you. So for example, a lot of people will be like, well, I'd be happy if I take this job. Well, it's up to you if you're happy or not, if you take the job. Like, so basically it would say, you would need to say something like, what will happen if I take this job? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what do you need to be fulfilled to be happy? So will I get the things I need in this job to fulfill me? might be a better question. And then, you know, trying to keep it open-ended, like what things do I need to be happy? And then the tarot could answer to that. And you can say yes or no, that matches me or it doesn't. Or you can say, well, this job, give me those things. And then we can look at it like that too. Yeah. And sometimes what I do with people when I read for them is I do a general open-ended question about like, what do the cards want to talk about today? You know? Right. And then see kind of what cards are showing up and then saying, based on these cards, do you have specific questions of areas that we would like to explore further? So sometimes you can do a general, do general, go further, go deeper. And it brings up more cards that then maybe you have further questions on before you know it. And it can certainly do, you can certainly go down that direction as well, for sure. The other thing I've noticed too with people, they'll come in and maybe they'll say, my question is, um, will I get that raise at work? Mm-hmm. But let's say the night before this person had a fight with their spouse and that's what's weighing on their heart emotionally. Yeah. Well, the cards are going to answer to the question that's in your heart emotionally. It'll pick it up the answer. energy. Yeah. It'll pick up that energy. It's not going to pick up the energy of, will I get that raise? Because it's going to react to whatever you're really holding emotionally in your body. So that's why I think it's in a tuner. And sometimes when that happens and I know somebody is like their energy is really off and I'm not getting clear answers, I'll take the cards from them and I will shuffle for them. Right. Because it's more of a neutral energy that then the cards can then maybe be more in tuned with the question. Right. And I've gotten that before too, where um, somebody will be like, well, I just want to do a reading and then I'll lay the cards out and there's nothing connecting because they're not really focused. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, we will reshuffle because I'm like, there's no message coming up here. I don't think there's you need to have a little bit of an idea of where you want it to head. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a tarot party and yeah. the, the woman, I think it was like her birthday. And so she brought me in to read tarot for her friends. And when we were getting ready to do the reading, I could tell all these women were like, well, I don't really know what I would want read. Like, I don't know what I need to right. find out. And I could tell there was an anxiety in the group about having their tarot cards read because I think most of them had never had it done. Right. But then one by one, they would come in and they all had tons of questions. Like, okay, I want to find out about this. I want to know about that. Mm-hmm. They all had questions, but I think that they were... um trying to be real, like, well, I don't really know. Like, trying to just be kind of blasé about it. But then once we got it going... Yeah, stuff started popping pretty fast and and we got a lot of information out of the cards and they were like, yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's interesting um, if you're able to get over the fear of a tarot reading because you're worried it's going to give you something bad news or bad information. But if you're willing to let that fear go and really get into 
a well-crafted question with a good intention about what you really want to find out, the tarot can be a very powerful source of information. It really can. And you can tell like your tarot reader too, if there's topics you just really don't want to know about. Yeah. You can avoid certain You things. can avoid that. And, and most tarot readers are not going to sit down and go, okay, you've got, you know, two months to live. No tarot reader is going to be that mm able to really tell that on that level i mean they they can probably see it but they're not they're not going to deliver that. that message in that way you're not gonna no. i mean and if you do get somebody like that then i would be very suspicious about what that person's about but unless they are some kind of foolproof psychic and you know they're yeah. never wrong about anything i don't know but i would be surprised if you got somebody who's going to give you super negative information well i uh on my journey i did meet with a, a gal that's amazing tarot reader she's probably long gone now um she was old at the time but she was very gifted and everyone that i worked with would go to her you and told me about her she had at one time told me that my father was going to pass yeah. and it was very upsetting to me at the time but she also knew i was the type of person that could handle that information and I didn't think she was doing it to hurt me. She mm -hmm. was doing it to prepare me so that I would have time with my father right. before he passed. Right. However, I was very skeptical because I was like, well, it's my mother who has the health problem. So you, you're, yeah. you shuffle the cards because you're getting this wrong. Right. It's my mother, not my father, who's going to pass. Right. And she just looked at me and she goes, oh, honey, it's, <laughs> o it's okay. And, I, and, you know, and I looked at her and I'm like, well, what's the time frame on this? What when is this going to happen? And mm -hmm. she was like, "Well, I can't pinpoint timing at this point." And so years went by. I think like the first year went by, nothing mm -hmm. happened. My mother went in the hospital. Second year went by, mother in the hospital again. And I'm like, I just kind of like I kept that in the back of my mind, yeah. and I did communicate with my father more yeah. and just kind of was more in, you know, in tune with him, I think. And because it was always subconscious yeah. in my mind. Yeah. And then the third year rolls around and I get that phone call and it's my father being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And it happened so fast. And I am very grateful that I was warned about it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But it's not for everyone to receive that information. Right. So it's just kind of something that when you go in and you get a reading, just know that whatever the cards are coming up with is something that you need to know. Right. It's wanting you to know. Right. Right. And I've done tarot readings before where I've just gotten direct downloads immediately yes. from spirit or whatever Some is talking people. to me that has been right on about stuff. I know. So yeah, maybe she had the ability to just channel that information mm -hmm. like crazy and then read it through the cards. I, yeah. I think that's a really cool idea. That's yeah, a great I think story. We've, we've done that ourselves yeah. uh, on occasions yeah. and it doesn't happen every single time, but yeah. it's it really definitely you know confirms to me that the cards can really be a wonderful tool they really can. for you, for yeah, guidance. They really can. Well, that was great. That does it for our Tarot Talk and Astro Update. We will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. We've really been struggling, but hopefully not STDs, is no longer in STDs. retrograde. <laughs> Did I say STDs? No. <laughs>
We were having a really hard time getting our STD cards cleared to up. Work. Yeah, <laughs> SDs. Our SD, SD cards, cards. got um, herpes, and no, they're under the weather. No, how planetary? You know, you know, ask. <laughs> How planetary transits and things like that, like. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start this over. Isn't Jupiter just a big ball of gas? Yeah, it's a gas planet. Um, I think so. There's nothing solid there? I think it's really hot. Well, I think so because it's a planet. It can't just be a ball of gas. Well, I think I thought it was just a big ball of gas. I think it's just a. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Look well, that I don't up. Know. It's not a big ball of gas. I'll pull up a picture God. of Jupiter and we'll be able okay, to tell. Okay, Josh. <laughs> We're getting really loopy here, Josh. We kind of are. Um, I mean. It is kind of a cool looking planet with the stripes and stuff. It is pretty. Looks like my favorite marble when I was a yeah. kid. <laughs> it looks like um uh with that big spot. It looks like the sun is setting in the desert, kind of. I think or of the Gorbachev when I see the You do? Gorbachev. <laughs> Remember he had a big spot like that he, on his head? Well, yeah, but he, it looked more like a country on his head than a <laughs> This one looks like a black beauty mole. In that picture. That's a Marilyn Monroe planet. It's a Marilyn Monroe for sure. Or Cindy Crawford planet. This one, the two Jupiters next to each other look like big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying, what oh now? my God. Okay. I think we can cut all that. The planet itself is uninhabitable and downright lethal to robotic probings. <laughs> <laughs> you said probing. I did. Now, let's just fucking do this. I think we're okay. <laughs> I'm so tired of our technical problems. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.